You got your uh, stogie lit there, James. You know what? You can put that in at the fucking beginning for your stupid fucking blooper reel. We're going to go live. Fuck it. We're going to do it live in three, two, one. Welcome back to Clear the Air, a Simply Stogies podcast after show. I'm your host, Tim, like always, bringing the posse together in seat number one for this episode. That is James, my friend, who likes to give me shit, but whatever. I'm late. Here we are. James, how you doing? What are you smoking? You are indeed late. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for playing uh, our games. we got lovely door prizes for you. Uh, mm. The guy gets a fucking show, like his own show, and yep, he's a yep. prima donna, can show up whenever he wants. You that's, wait on me now. That, that's hey, How does it feel? Exactly How's it, how does it feel? What are you smoking? I'm smoking a West Tampa Tobacco Red. Pick this up on uh, Saturday at the Mild Kentucky Hereford, which we'll talk about later, Tim. Uh, I mean, maybe time. I don't know. It's my show. I don't. We'll, we'll do it. Uh, well, oh yeah, we'll do what you want. You're the prima donna. I forgot. But uh, <laughs> uh, Ricky had these there uh, for pre for like because it, it doesn't launch until yesterday. This we're recording this on Tuesday the 16th. Mm-hmm. It launched on Monday the 15th. Uh, and you know, people who went to Mild Kentucky Herf, which you should definitely go next year, like second weekend in May. Figure it the fuck out. Be there or be square because you missed a lot. We'll talk about it later. Uh, but he had these for sale. Uh, and I got to say, I smoked one there at the show and it's, uh, pretty, 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 pretty good. Okay, cool. So now the person that everybody wants to really hear from in seat number two, our good friend and co-host of Simply Stogies, Nick Sears. Nick, how are you doing? What are you smoking? Wow. Thanks for the intro. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm smoking this, uh, shorty little cigar. Actually, that's no, that's the Bottega Vitola, known affectionately as the Nick Jr., because it's Nick like Jr. a small version of the Panzon. There you go. So, the Nick uh, Jr. Nick Jr., yes. I like Isn't it. Isn't there a television network called Nick Jr.? There's a show. There's Not... Nickelodeon, and they have they have a Nickelodeon, and they have Nick something Jr. Nick Jr., yeah. Yes, yeah, if, you Nick, have, if, yeah. You have a, yeah if you have small children like you do, yeah. when my son was young, he... I think used to watch Nick Jr. I don't know how long it's been around. Oh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's 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 better than Nick Jr. Damn Smoke it! You're get, see now you've given me something new to lick look forward to or lick forward yeah, to or lick forward to. Yeah, absolutely. What, this? Yeah. You haven't seen this before? No. Didn't the have, shop that you went to have this? I did not see the juniors. Speaking of I'm the shop, sure. I did indeed just run up north iowa livermore iowa and met brian and shauna bolin of smoldering cigar did um working on the lounge review right now so that's going to be coming out pretty soon so look look at simply stogies.com for that in the near future um and then uh, we might do a little special drop for clear the air for that as well um but yeah that's what i'm smoking thanks for asking james you a-hole uh that is <laughs> the the nikos oh what oh. What do you think? Because you smoked one. I saw you smoked I one did. while you were at. I smoked one there. I absolutely love it. I bought so they had ten left. I was a little disappointed because my did you intent. Buy the 10? I bought five. <laughs> I bought five. Wow. I, I know. I bought five because I'm like, nope. I'm not going to take everything you got because the next person that walks through the door, they're going to enjoy this as well. 
So I was let, trying to me, spread the wealth. Let me tell you a little story about why you should do that. Okay. Okay. Because then you'd have 10 and not five. And True. that's the more, that's the moral of the story. Look, uh, I, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know, McAuliffe released a Leyenda in different sizes in like, uh, it was a Toro and a Rebuso. Those are the two new sizes. So I was looking forward to those when I got to the, when I got to the shop, right? Well, they didn't have them out. They had them at the convention center, putting them in five packs for the day or whatever. Uh, and so when I got to the line, uh, he was like, I asked Andy, I was like, Hey, can I get a, just a five pack of Leyenda? And he's like, ah, he's like, I did the five pack. Got to get the five pack. I'm like, all right. So I got the regular five pack. And I'm walking through the line or whatever, and Andy comes running up, right, running, and because I was on the other uh, other end, and he's like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey!" They have half a box of the Toros left. That's all they have left. They wanted to know if I wanted to sell them here, and you were the first guy I thought of. I'm like, "Done. Just fucking here's my money. Just thank you. <laughs> take so you got Yeah. So you just got to take it, man. You just got to take it. If it's there, you take it. But yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah. You want everybody to. To enjoy what? the Nikos. You want Z everybody to smoke what Nick's putting out there because it's great stuff. I get it. Mm -hmm. I'm a selfish motherfucker, and I would have been like, fuck everybody else. They're gonna, so I should have been a selfish fucker. I really should have. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Brian told me a story because he was watching Clear the Air, and he, he called Nick. And he's like, Nick, I need some Claro. I need, I need some Claro. I saw Tim smoking Claro. I'm out. And uh, so he got some Claro. And I didn't buy any Claro because I'm like, I've, I've got some Claro. So he bought Claro I know, specifically I felt for so, you. I felt and then so you didn't bad, do but it. I bought, I bought, oh uh, I bought the Nikos. I bought uh, the LE. You're a dick. I, I am. I feel bad. But have you had that before? No, I have not had it yet. Ooh. Oh, you haven't had the LE? No, That's no. I bought two. How I bought I two. Given you the LE to try, we haven't. We just haven't hung out enough lately. Well, I mean, that's 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 but by design. The good, my design. The good news is, is that uh, I spent the entire day there. I got there at noon when they opened, and I figured, oh, I'd be there for you know three, four hours. I get everything done, get out of there. No, I stayed there from open to close. I left at seven thirty p.m. Wow. I made great friends. You made there, a day out of it. Oh yeah, it was absolutely amazing. amazing I would friends. do it again. Yeah, that's so, good stuff. That's good so, stuff. I can't uh, wait to get up there and meet these folks, and yeah. uh, and then they can figure out why they shouldn't be friends with you. That's kind of my <laughs> whole goal is to get up there and explain to them why they shouldn't be friends with you. Yeah, yeah, no, you're not wrong. You're you're I not know. wrong by any means. So anyway, all right, let's get into the episode. Uh, episode, what is it? One hundred two now. One hundred two. One hundred two episodes. Shit. Good Christ. God, how the hell are you still in business? Fuck's sake, I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> Fucking no uh, idea. Freaking uh, Zev Kamenetsky. Is that how you say the last Kamenetsky, name? Kamenetsky, yeah. What? It's yeah, phonetic. I can't That's... even pronounce Potomac correctly, and I got that no. one. No. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Here's, here's the sad thing about this whole thing with the Potomac. For those of you who don't know, because all, all of our videos were taken down by YouTube. We said, fuck it. We took the rest down. We're just done with it. Uh, and now we're back on YouTube. So YouTube, you can fuck right off. Right. Um, the, we used to do a show called Cigars of Coffee. <laughs> and, and, and Tim, in his uh, infinite smoking knowledge that he has of cigars and the cigar culture, uh, he, he was doing a review. And he was doing a review of a cigar that he called the Potomac. And this was before yeah, Tim CAO could. CAO America. He could fucking, he, he, he can now out edit me. But at the time. You couldn't edit video. I could at all. I really could. So, 
So you sent it to me to do, and I'm sitting there and I'm editing it and I'm outside and I'm smoking a cigar and I'm like, what the fuck yeah. is a CIO America Potomac? Like, that doesn't even make sense. What is a Potomac? So I looked it up and I'm like, it's a, fu- it's a fucking Potomac River. What the fuck? <laughs> and I'm like, like hey, he Potomac, did the whole I... episode called it the Potomac. And I, I, I texted him. I'm like, hey, man, you're, you're in the military, right? Oh, you're in the army. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you ever heard of the Potomac River? Oh, yeah, I have. And then literally, like, it hit him like a minute later. He's like, "Oh shit!" Right, right. And and, and uh, yourself and Randy won't let me live it down. And Never. I'm, I, you know, what? I'm perfectly Never. fine with it. Like, okay. I, I, I'm gonna just own it, uh, and I just keep going with it. Uh, so Brian and I actually started trying to come up with new, co- properly mispronounced names for cigar brands. So I think we have like the uh, Ma Canudo or something like that. I don't know. He'll be able to tell you the story. The maca, I'll never smoke it. Oh, oh, hey. All right, so let's get back to episode one hundred and two. I, I Holy can feel shit. Nick rolling his eyes when I do that. Like Jesus, somebody else is never going to fucking sponsor the show, you asshole. What do you think, Nick? What we can just drop James off. I have the ability to uh, boot. Boot him off. Yeah, boot him off. off. Hey, Heck, smoke what uh, you like. Smoke yeah. what you like. Pot- yeah. Potomac, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure they don't care as long as you're smoking it, right? Right. Yeah. CAO America is a cigar that I smoke every year, Fourth of July. It's just one of those things I do. Can't pronounce it to save my life, but it's one of those things that I do. So anyway, uh let's talk about But you did get Kabinetsky right. You got that right. I, I got that one right and I had yeah. to listen back like he actually watched times. the sh- so he yeah. actually yeah. listened to the show. <laughs> he listened good. To it. Yeah. Did he really? Right, good. No, did, you. No, you. Yeah. You. Oh, yeah, I listened. God. So, so you could get wow. the phonetics of his last name. Yeah. Well, I listened. I, I replayed that part like 10 times, and then I just Googled the shit out of it. I, I mean, look, full disclosure, I, ha- I I made sure with Zev before we hit the record button. Like, this is like, is this how you pronounce it? He's like, yeah, that's it. Like, phonetically, you nailed it. I'm like, okay, just making sure. I don't want to sound like How often asshole. does that happen, though? Uh, not often. Not like so. My last name is kind of fucked up, right? It's it, not. It is, yeah, yeah. So, no, it 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 happens a little bit, but for the most part, like Was I remember, it, is it, yours is still I before E. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but it's German pronunciation. Whatever. Yeah, that won't go where mine. Was. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, my last name for people that don't know, actually, it's Greek. And what I love about my newly created fake name, what's actually my legal name, my original <laughs> name that I was born with was Cirrus Tatidis. And that's the American pronunciation of the Greek Cirrus Tatidis. So imagine growing up with that name and going to school. And every first day of every class, the teacher literally would go, Oh, I'm not even going to try this. And it was always <laughs> when you're a little kid, you know, I was yeah. embarrassed. Yeah. It was like, oh, the attention. I didn't want that kind of attention. All the kids made fun of it. And then when I first ventured on to business, when I was actually still in high school, my first business, I decided to drop the T-A-T-I-D-E-S, the seven letters, went with the Cirrus, the first five letters. And what I loved about it is the fact that when you say Cirrus, people go, oh, is that Greek? And I'm like, great. I'm not trying to hide my ethnicity there. I just wanted to make it easier. Unfortunately, Cirrus is always pronounced Cyrus and everything else. So 
I wish I, there was a phonetic way to say it or write it or whatever, but I, I'm done I think, changing. I think I, I would pronounce it. it wrong if James didn't pronounce it correctly. And most most times, people yeah. say Cyrus, so maybe I'll just change it to Cyrus. You know, I don't know. <laughs> no, enough it. with the names. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so I'm kind of curious because uh, I I did start to listen because James, for those of you that don't know. After you record, you dump the raw audio onto my plate. And so yeah. I listen to it before it's completely edited. So I don't really know what you're going to keep in, what you're going to take out. I don't know. And <laughs> I was actually slacking a little bit like I normally do. And you had uploaded the finished video to Rumble. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to watch the video. You should have just listened. I don't usually cut a whole lot. Well, yeah, you did, actually. You, you cut quite a bit out this time. I cut a little. Like, if you got the raw audio, there was some stuff afterwards. Uh, but I think it was just his voice. It wasn't mine. Uh, maybe it was. I don't know. Uh, there was a little bit of that. But, I mean, for the most part, everything that you guys saw or watched or listened to was the thing. It was, like, maybe five minutes of like the beginning and the end, it wasn't a whole lot in the middle. Right. Yeah. I mean, some of that stuff in the front and some of that stuff in the back, that's yeah, the but those best are all, stuff. I know, but those are all private conversations that I would <laughs> never, ever fucking release. But like all of that, I cut and it's just, just it's just the show and the show, right. like we've talked about this before. It's all off the cuff. And I think having someone like Zev on, and, and I'm, I'm sure Nick will agree it, it works when it's all off the cuff and it's top of the it's top of mind. And it's a conversation where there's there's give and take and there's listen and not just listening. So I can interject but listening to understand and then follow up questions and conversation after that. There was a lot of topics that were covered and yeah, yeah like it was just boom, 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 boom. And it was another one of those real uh, shows, those real conversations, kind of like Dr. Rodriguez. So I'm 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 interested to see or or know has there been any like feedback? Have you gotten? I mean, I know that the show for us just came out yesterday, right? So for us, it just came out yesterday. I, I I've got a couple of comments today from people that I know. I was at a lounge, uh, my home lounge in in Davenport, Iowa, which is an hour and a half away, and I was there most of the day. And there was there were a few comments about about some things, uh, but everybody really enjoyed the episode. They all thought it was a good episode. Um, it, it, and a lot of them did compare it to the episode. And I think Nick, they're very different people. Dr. Oscar Rodriguez and, and Zeb, right? They sure. are very different people and they have very different outlooks, I think, on the industry. But overall, they're both very open with with what they what the, what they think. And they're very willing to say what they think. Would you agree, Nick? Absolutely. It's funny because when we were talking about getting the next guest, you know, I was going through my mental list of people that I could, you know, ring on the phone, but I was literally on the phone with Zev. I was driving down to an event in Virginia and I was talking at a few hours, like five to kill. So Zev and I talk frequently. Um, if you listen to the episode first, you'll know that he was my rep in North Carolina, Virginia and South Carolina. And we clicked and bonded from the get-go before I knew anything about him and without having any, you know, background on him and what people thought about him in the industry and his, his own uh, pedigree of um, uh, his, 
uh, what do you want to call it? His uh, history, his uh, resume. So he's been around the industry for a long time. And he's also known for exactly those things. Speaking his mind, sometimes he claims he's gotten himself in, in trouble uh, more times than he cares to admit. And he wishes he hadn't said things, but he doesn't care. He's not like he would ever take it back or change anything. But he's always saying to me, I wish I kept my opinions a bit more to myself. If I could change one thing about myself, I think. But he doesn't really mean it because he will never change. And that's who Zev is. And he's known and liked by most people, I would imagine, in the industry for being so forthcoming with everything and speaking his mind. And I love that about him. And we clicked immediately because we had some opinions that were on the same page about the way the industry is run in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, that, and I, when, when James like, Hey, listen, uh, you know, who can we get on the show? And I go, you know what? I got the perfect guy. I just got off the phone with him. And I said, let me call you right back. And I got on the phone and I said, Zev, can you do a thing? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, sure. So he likes doing them. So he likes being on the hot seat. He likes causing trouble uh, and speaking his mind when people are willing to listen to it. And people are. He's got a huge fan base for being the face of Balmoral in some ways. And, the, and you know, he was with Drew Estates, you know, at a very high level. Um you know, with Drew Estates and for before the pandemic. And then, well, actually it was with Balmoral before, which is owned by Agio. And so he's had some pretty um, prestigious titles, you you would say, in the industry. And then when the pandemic happened, he unfortunately uh, was one of the casualties of losing his job uh, because of the pandemic. So he went on to become a broker in the interim. As he had said in the show, he's fortunate enough where his wife as a, uh, a good income. So they could kind of live on that, but you know, he wanted to keep busy and stay in the industry. And I was fortunate, even though it was only for a year to have him as my broker. And, uh, we just hit it off. Uh, and I, and I love him dearly. And like I said, we talk regularly and, uh, we will continue to be friends for hopefully many years to come. I actually thought that on every topic that you guys talked about, like he answered genuinely, but he wasn't derogatory or he wasn't slamming anybody. He he was very, I mean, I guess PR about everything, you know, especially in the conversation about brokers and how James, we both know a certain broker um, mm. who, you know, mm. we, we don't need to even revisit it, but you know, he mm. was, he was just like, Hey, we're not even going to talk about that. That, that unfortunately that happens. It's bullshit, but we're just going to move on. We're going to move forward which I kind of liked. Yeah. Yeah. Some of no, he feed- speaks his opinions, Yeah, but he's careful. Well, he doesn't disparage anybody and he's, you know, I, I don't know if politically correct is the right term. Cause he's definitely, I wouldn't say he's not politically shy to, to express no. his political uh, opinions as well, but he's, he's classy you know he'll say it in a nice way there's no reason to beat up on people there's no reason to jump on the bandwagon in certain ways so he's very careful you know in and that's just the way he is that's his personality so it's not like that's being phony or or being reserved he's not reserved he's the first to mention or talk about his own opinions but again he will be quick to say these are my opinions yeah and sometimes they don't align with the industry's opinions and I'll be honest, I think I found it refreshing on a level because, and this is not, 
this is this is I'm not casting aspersions on anybody. I'm painting with a broad brush, guys. But I think for the most part, when 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 we have folks on the show, Nick, it's usually manufacturers, it's blenders, it's it's company owners, and to have them on. I think because of the culture that we live in today, they have to be kind of reserved and a lot of their opinions are, are kept to themselves and they are very, they're media trained, they're media savvy. They know what to say, how to say it. Well, most and, people are. Right. Most, not all. Uh, but Zev, it's refreshing to have a guy like Zev on or even Dr. Rodriguez, whatever. We're just going to say what our opinions are. You don't have to like it, but these are our opinions and opinions are, differ. So your mileage may vary on what I'm saying. You may think something completely different, but this is my opinion. This is what I think. For me, it's refreshing to have those strong opinions and have somebody who's outspoken and and able to articulate their position uh, pretty well. And again, just like with Dr. Rodriguez, with Zev, I didn't agree with everything Zev said. I agree with most, but I didn't agree with all of it. Um, You know, I think at one point he was talking, you know, we mentioned that, you know, kids are using acids to make uh you know blunts and he said no they're not see and and they are i mean yes but i agree with what he said i i like because i've wanted to tell you that for so many i hear you say it and i hear you say it i'm like nobody's going to buy a nine dollar cigar to roll a hollow it out yeah it's true james i don't agree with what he said where you can't disassemble the cigar and put it back together yeah you can it's, yeah, you absolutely. I've seen. I like. I and I didn't want. Like, I'm not going to tell a guest right into their face while we're doing. Oh, I just sure. watched. A, I just watched a video of somebody doing that exact same thing that you're telling me can't be done. And I'm not. Well, gonna it tell depends them. on the brand. There's some brands you literally can't oh, because well, yeah, of the way the, the way that they're constructed. But what I wanted to bring to the show as the the newbie to to the smooth uh, smooth to the simply stogies uh, program. Whoa, Whoa. sorry, <laughs> little. Uh, all right <laughs> well <laughs> i i wanted to bring that different element because the reality is there are so many anybody with a microphone could be out there have his own instagram live facebook live their own podcast for that matter so how do you differentiate between all the other programs all the other programs they try to get the top guests and the most popular so their shows will get the numbers and there's something to be said for that. And we also want the A-listers. And But the, the thing is with the A-listers and the B-listers and everybody else in between, you know, they're on the circuit. They're going to hit as many potential um, sites, uh, podcasts as they can to get Absolutely. the exposure that they need. And they have an agenda. They're out to get their message across. And you have to understand that. Zev's message is just Zev's message. It's not... It's not, it's not Toscano. It's not Toscano. It's not uh, his past no. history. It's his own. Uh, Oscar was another one that I, when I told you about Oscar, I didn't reveal too much prior. No, you did not. I, <laughs> because I wanted you to be surprised. I just mentioned he was a medical doctor, an actual licensed medical doctor, but he did have his opinions. And he's just, you know, shot out of a cannon. And to me, that's still, uh, you know, a favorite episode of mine because he was totally unreserved and went anywhere he wanted to go. And I still can't believe some of the things that he said and talked about, but I think all that stuff makes for a good show and hopefully people will discover it and uh, then stay along for all the other shows out there and get to be introduced to new brands and old brands and and people they know, and then people that they don't know. So uh, I think that's 
for me, I, what I like to see continue forward with the uh, Simply Stogies podcast. Oh yeah, no one. I, I I agree one hundred percent, and I loved having Zev on, and, and I like being challenged on my uh, points of view and on my opinions on the, how I view the industry and how I view stuff. And I think Zev definitely does that, and he has a unique perspective that I certainly don't have, and he has a, a knowledge base that I certainly don't have, uh, and he has the experience that I certainly don't have. So I I don't dismiss anything that he said out of hand. Uh, I like I said, I agree with most of it, and he's very entertaining. Very entertaining. Him and, and Dr. Rodriguez both, I think these last two episodes, uh, have really, a lot, people like them a lot. And I'll get into that later, but it, it they're both, they're both just very outgoing, well-spoken, articulated, like they're just well-spoken guys and they know. And just different, different parts of the industry. I think what makes, what makes a show entertaining, because at the end of the day, we have to be entertaining and just, you know, there's like. There's a lot of other shows that have had many, many more episodes than even our 102 uh, here. Um, and you run out of things to say and you run yeah. out of like you're just retreading the same thing. And I don't you know, as much as I try to listen to a lot of the other shows being in the industry, I get bored. You know, it's like, oh, God, you know what I mean? And, and not any particular brand. You know, it's just that it's the same stuff. You know, oh, I'll everybody's some. It, you know, no, please don't, please don't. Um, you know, it's like everybody's got their unique story. So I'm looking for those unique stories. And I got a few uh, up my sleeve coming up that'll be very unique. And um, I think that's what's going to make it cool for people to grab audiences and just yeah. let people know that we're out there. And it's a good release and venue for people to be able to talk about their brand and hopefully gain more audience or customers or consumers or fans or whatever you want to call it. So, uh, you know, that's our job. You know? I, I, like I, I could say this, uh, there was somebody who listened to the podcast today or yesterday. I think it may have been yesterday and, uh, they immediately went out and bought some Toscanos. They've never tried it before. And after listening to Zev and watching him talk about the cheroots and the, the one where you cut it in half and, they went out and they tried it and they were like, this is, it's not actually that bad. And he's a retailer. Uh, he's going to, I think he's going to start carrying some Toscano. Well, and that's true because, you know, you listen to those stories, you get to know those people and you're like, holy shit. Okay. I haven't tried that brand before. So next time I see it, I definitely want to try it. But I think also there's a difference between, because we both uh, simply Stogie's podcast and clear the air both are audio and both are video. So you can watch it one way or the other and listening to it's great, but especially with Zev, when you watch the video and you get to see his personality with his background, where he's at, you know, with the, with the, uh, with the vehicle in the background and, and the art on the wall and the hockey jerseys and stuff like How that. How about the art on his arms? Oh and, yeah, absolutely. You know, that is, if you're listening to the audio and you think, you know, Zev, if you actually see him in person, doesn't match, you know, like I was shocked the first time I actually met him in person because, you know, he told me he was Jewish and, you know, knowing what I do know about the Jewish faith, you know, tattoos are very highly frowned upon. I think I had heard, I don't know if it's true that you can't even be buried in a you know, Jewish cemetery, if you have tattoos and Zev's father, I hope I'm correct. And I think he said he was an actual rabbi. So he came from a very, 
um, very Jewish household. Yeah, religious yeah. household. And you know, I, I having listen. Zeb is one of the most honorable, straightforward, honest guys I've met. I mean, let's put it this way. I've hired and I've also fired more brokers than I care to admit to because, and that's why I don't have enough. And people go, oh, do you have anybody in this? And I go, no. They're like, well, do you need somebody? I go, yeah, but you know what? I've learned it's better to have no broker than a bad broker or somebody that's not going to do the job. So, you know, in Zev's case, he actually sent me back the samples. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, well, you know, I'm no longer your broker and here it is. And here, and I'm like, holy shit. You know, that just shocked the hell out of me. The other thing is he was like, look, as of this day, I'm no longer your broker. Or a lot of brokers, they'll get out of the industry completely and never say anything anything. to anybody because they're still going to be collecting those commission checks for as long as they can. And listen, I'd say the majority of people do it, but Zev just won't do it. He doesn't feel that it's right. And I give him a lot of kudos for something because most brokers do not come from the same cloth uh, where uh, Zev has come from. But Zev also has been on the other side of the coin, you know, as a manufacturer representing brands. So he's hired brokers. He knows the good, bad. And that's why he was able to give his particular insight to that side way more than my limited exposure to brokers. Um, And like I said, there's a lot of brokers that I wish I could have, but the reality is they don't want me. You know what I mean? They have bigger brands that they could just walk in and take orders on. And, uh, you know, my brand, I believe in it. It's a great product, but you got to sell it, you know, because there's just definitely not the the same type of exposure. So it requires somebody to actually say, hey, Mr. Retailer, hey, Mr. Customer, you need to try this. And a lot of brokers, they just want to walk in and just take an order. You know, the path of least resistance. A lot of retailers are like that. And we mentioned that, too. So I really appreciate retailers that want to um experience and also introduce brands to their customer base because it makes them stand out and brokers as well you know they'll have their backbone and their their uh their anchor brands where they're making their income uh, and then they'll have the the brands that they believe in as up and coming or just quality wise and introduce those as well and zeb was that guy so nick um i mean i kind of have my general idea of who a broker broker is and what a broker does but I've never really had an experience with them. So like just really simple, like what exactly is a broker and what do they do? Well, for me in this industry, what was weird is just the term broker, because I, like I said, I have people that know me, I came from an electronics home theater background and in the electronics world, they're known as sales reps or manufacturers reps. So a manufacturer rep firm will represent rep being short for representative of various brands. So they carry their catalog of they'll, they'll have like in the electronics world, they'll have their people that carry, you know, headphones and they'll have their TV manufacturers and they'll have their video product and their audio product in the cigar world. The brokers is the term that is used. And I was like, wait, what are they broker? Like the term broker to me meant something totally different. But in this industry, broker is the term really that I think should be called a manufacturer's rep. And what a broker does in this industry is represent various brands that are self-employed. They work for these brands, but they're just, as Zeb mentioned, 1099s, which is 
you know, they just get a, you know, we pay them commission and then they have to file their own taxes and pay everything on their own and deduct all their expenses out of their earnings. So they represent a lot of different lines. And if you do it correctly, you want to have, let's say, a brand that's your anchor brand. You have your brand that's, you know, something different, something that's in this price point. So you want to carry a, a wide range to be able to offer a lot of different things, therefore carrying many different brands and not totally running over each other with the brands you carry. So that's what a broker is. They basically represent the smaller brands because the reality is in the industry, when you say a sales rep, that means in this industry, the cigar industry, that they work for the manufacturer directly. They're paid by the manufacturer. They have a traveling budget. They have a company credit card and they're out selling that brand and that brand alone. So it's a totally, but the reality is it's a very small percentage of this industry that one can afford to do that because you have to sell a lot of cigars to, you know, basically pay for all these things. So with a smaller uh, brand, you know, in my case, I have about 36 SKUs. If he went to every store in his territory and sold, you know, a quarter of those, it's still not enough. You know, there's no way that I could afford to have in-house without just paying out of, out of you know, out of my, my own, you know, uh, profit. So obviously, you know, the brokers need to carry a lot of different brands. So for all the other smaller and unknown and boutique brands that can't afford to have their own sales reps, they hire brokers. And that's kind of the problem with a broker is that they're they're basically shilling for their dollar what what they're going to make. So they're going to they go in and they try to sell what they can sell. They might not necessarily give a smaller brand well, as much. Yeah, there, I, we could talk about brokers and and I don't want to uh, get big into it. I just want to understand. Here's it. the it, it's very difficult and a good broker. It's an art to be a good broker because you have to have the right amount of lines, not too many, because you never get to the ones that are on the bottom of your list. If you go in here, here's the way I see it. If I was to sum it up, a broker goes in and a retailer in his mind, he has X amount of dollars that he's willing or has available to spend. So you as a broker, he, if he likes you and it's all about relationships, like everything else in this industry or any other industry. So he sees Mr. Broker uh, X and Mr. Broker X happens to be, uh, somebody that he clicks with, has a good rapport with. So he's going to devote more of his uh, dollars towards Mr. Broker X as opposed to Broker Y that maybe he doesn't care for his personality or whatever the case may be. So that is where Broker X will maybe get more shelf space allotted to him, to his brands. So the problem is if that pie is so big, so if you have 10 different lines, you know, you would hope that he would split it up among the 10, but that's not the case. The guy automatically knows that he's got to fill his top three, four, you know, big brands that are selling through with on its own. And then whatever's left of this, this retailer's budget, he may look at one or two of those. So it's a difficult game to play. You have to pick your brands carefully. And that's why they always are switching and changing and like I said, you get the wrong broker, either one you never get mentioned or it's not mentioned properly or correctly or, you know, they don't care enough to really even know the real story. And it's like a half-assed attempt. But the good broker will devote and, you know, say, hey, these guys may be small now or may have this, but this guy may be a big player and I could be on that, you know, that ride along with it. And 
And a lot of brands are built. I believe the better smaller brands that become bigger, well-known brands today are because a lot of it because of a good broker. A good broker can make or, or break a brand very easily. Well, it's like okay. you said, Nick, <clears throat> you said on the show, uh, you know, that Zevid said it, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus, that uh, Zevid said it and you repeated it. You use it all the time. Like just because you haven't heard of me doesn't mean that I'm not unknown, right? Like it, you don't know how big I am elsewhere. So just because you haven't heard of me doesn't really mean Jack. And it's, it always cracks me up. And Zev is a perfect example other than my own where he represented Ajo, which is one of the biggest companies that are out there in the world. However, they don't have much of a footprint um, or presence in the U S and they were trying to change that with, uh, with Zev right before the pandemic and timing is everything. And there's been other brands that have come into this that are big overseas and have come in and have tucked their tail between their legs and got out and said, Jesus, for the amount of money we have to spend in order to get some market share, it's just not worth it. And right. a lot of them realize that because it takes a lot. Um, and Agio is a big brand and he'd go in and people will say, well, I never heard of you. That means you don't exist or you're too small to even, and the, the great comeback is you see those top 10 boutiques, pick your top 10 boutiques that are out there. This guy, oh, he's huge. This guy, he's huge. Well, guess what? The brand that you never heard of, I can buy and sell those 10 brands that are on your shelf, or I do more business than your top 10 boutiques and you still haven't heard of me. So don't say you haven't heard of me. doesn't mean it, you know, just cause you haven't heard of me. Doesn't mean not only does it exist, but it does well and flourishes in other parts of the world. Yeah, it's kind of like Aganors or Placentia now. You know, they own their own farms. They sold uh, sell tobacco to a ton of different companies. Aganors leaves in like a lot of warp cigars and some of the other, uh, you know, big cigars that people know. Uh, same with Placentia. And now they've got their own brands. And Terrence has done a great job turning that around, like Zev talked about in the show. Uh, and, and Placentia now is kind of blowing up. And they're, Plas they're Placentia. Pretty big in their own right. Some of the top boutique brands from the 90s on were made at Placentia's factory. And most people had never heard of Placentia. They had a great factory. They had a lot of passion for what they do. And they did it for all these other brands. And yeah. a lot of their brands made a lot of money and made a presence in this industry because of their good tobacco and the the tools that they gave you. The Placentia blending room is incredible. Uh, it's one of the best factory setups I've ever seen. You walk into the blending room and there's little drawers with every type of tobacco. So you could have a field day going in there and you know, there's 80 different countries that produce tobacco and there's a gazillion different types of tobacco. So, and they'll give you one of their guys, depending on the level of your knowledge, and they'll kind of assist you along the way. And you could play to your heart's desire while you create your own blend. And sometimes it's trial by error, which is most of the time. But when you have somebody guiding you saying, well, this one and that one, it's not going to taste so good. So don't waste your time. So Placencia was great at creating a lot of other brands and, you know, flavor profiles for very very well-known boutique brands. Now, I don't know what's happened to those boutique brands today. I think a lot of them by choice or because they have to, because Placencia decided a few years back, it's like, you know what? We want to be a brand that people recognize. And uh, when they did the shift, now Placencia has become a name where yep. a few years ago, even though they've been in the industry and have they're big, but nobody heard of them, you know, uh, now they're getting big for just, making their own stuff and, and very good stuff at that.
Yep. It's kind of like ignorance of the law is no excuse when it comes to, um, you know, if you haven't heard of something or you don't know a brand and you're just like, oh, well, you must be nobody. You don't know the whole story. Is well, that kind of. Yeah. And I think Zev kind of touched on that where where he talked about, you know, lounges and B&Ms taking the path of least resistance. And there are a lot of too many to, to number here that do that, where they will take the path of least resistance. Oh, I've never heard of you. Get the fuck out. You know, well, look, instead sure. of I, being I, open and trying some of this stuff and saying, well, give me a sample. Let's smoke it together. You can tell me about it while we smoke it. They don't, they don't want to do that. They want to be like, I, I've got all these brands that sell. I don't want to have to learn another brand to try to sell it or even worse. We don't really sell. We're just order takers. We let our customers come in and just pick what they want, and then we ring it up. And, and there's everything in between, James. There's the people that just have no desire, don't want to put the effort into it. There's a lot of reasons. But using that, that same thing, I would like to apply it to people in general. I have learned at a young age, and it served me well, and there's a phrase that everybody knows, heard in school, don't judge a book by its cover. It's the same thing. You know, you see a guy, and how many times have you heard these stories where a guy is in ripped jeans and he looks like he doesn't have, you know, two nickels to rub together, and he's a billionaire. And yep. people just, they'll walk into a, uh, a car dealership and look at a, uh, you know, a Ferrari or a Rolls, and the guy will totally ignore him and say, listen, you can't afford that. Come back when you have money or you know, you're in the wrong dealership. And then the guy will go, oh, okay. And then he'll take the junior salesman there and say, I'd like to get two of those. And the other guy's like, oh, wow, I just lost on a big commission because I judged a book by its cover. So the moral of the story is you never know who you're talking to. You never know who you're dealing with. So if you treat, the way to get around that, in my opinion, is if you treat everyone with respect because you just really don't know who they are or who they may become. You know, and that's the reality. And I think if you follow those rules in life, it will serve you well. Well said. I'm Thank still you. an asshole. And so <laughs> when you judge this book, I'm trying, I'm covered, trying to change you. You really are. You really are. Well, you're doing all right. You're doing you're all right. You're failing. You're failing. No, he's doing great. Let's move on. Uh, James, I'm going to let you take it over from here because. Oh, good. Yes. So bonus episode this week. Uh, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, Guys, you have to understand, if this hasn't come out by the time you're watching this, it's going to come out soon. So consider it a preview. Uh, we are booked. We are booked solid. I've never told anybody no when they ask to come on the show. And I had to tell somebody no. Uh, like, I am booked. I am booked through the PCA. It's going to have to be after the PCA. So we've got some big shows coming up. But we were, I was in, I was in uh, uh, Kentucky, Ashland, Kentucky, uh, this last weekend for the Mild Kentucky Herb, the third annual Mild Kentucky Herb. And this is something Dwight Atkins and Fat Ash Cigar Lounge there in Ashland had started in 2021 and in the middle of the pandemic. And, and, and it was a great time. So they did it again last year. Uh, Nick brought me in. Nick was gracious enough to be like, hey, why don't you call Dwight? See if you can. Dwight's hooked me up last year. I was able to uh, come and I got a lot of great content. Go listen to that episode. I don't have the episode number off the top of my head. But this time, it was a little bit bigger. They had 25 vendors all, all together, 25 cigar vendors. So it's a multi-vendor uh, uh, event. And they had a retail expo, retail B&M expo the day before the actual show. And that gave retailers from around the area a chance to come in and network with some of these guys that maybe they don't get a lot of FaceTime with. 
that maybe don't aren't able to go to their shops a lot and maybe try some new cigars. And I thought that went uh, pretty well. You'd have to ask Dwight for sure, but I think that went went pretty well. Uh, and I was able to interview Dwight, and Dwight, like Nick can attest to this. Dwight's just the nicest guy. He is. Yeah. Can you can you do your your uh, Dwight impression? No, no, I can't. Absolutely not, because <laughs> it's just it's just a southern draw. Although Ricky Rodriguez can do a uh, Nick Sirius impression, and he kills it. Just ask him next time you see Ricky. It's hilarious. No, I and hope he does, he does it. it on the show. When we oh get yeah, Nick on the show. I, I'm going to get. I am definitely going to bring that up. <laughs> That's the gentleman. Like Ricky's the guy I had to be like, no, I I'm booked dude. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, and we'd love to have Ricky back and maybe his daughter, Sarah as well. Cause they were fantastic the first time. And he, you and you and Ricky go back quite a ways. Yeah. I've known Rick for a long time. Yeah. So, and Rick was awesome. And I'll get to, I'll get to that, but it was, it was such a good time. And Dwight is so humble and the community really rallies around Dwight and Fat Ash when they do this 50 volunteers from around the community to help them out because it's just like three employees there at the shop and his wife Shannon was running around uh Steven and his wife were running around you know it, it, it was just a it was a great time and lots of great cigars lots of great stories that uh look I'm not saying that I have video evidence of Rick Rodriguez and Luciano Morales uh doing a duet of I got you, babe, by Sonny and Cher. I'm not saying that I have that video evidence. However, if you want to find out for sure, you can just slide into my DMs and maybe I can be convinced to share that <laughs> with you. It was hilarious. It was such a great time. And I got to to interview a lot of people. I didn't get a chance to interview everyone. I know Brian from Cavalier was there and I didn't get a chance to interview him. Uh, but I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Uh, in order to get all of the content that I was able to bring to you guys. And I, I, there's a couple that I, that I want to uh, mention off the bat. Risty. Risty from JSK. Now, you guys have heard me talk about, about companies that I don't really care for their marketing. And I don't really care for um, their attitudes. And we talked a lot about respect the last couple of weeks. We talked about respect with Zev. We talked about respect with Dr. Uh, Rodriguez. And Risty's one of those guys. And, and you're going to be you're going to be shocked when you when you listen to this. If you if you watch the episode, you know what I'm talking about. But Risty came up, uh, and I did the the first interview with him. And I didn't know quite what I was going to ask him. And what came out of my mouth kind of shocked me, to be honest with you. Which after my rant on the CRA, it probably should. Uh, but it, it shocked me because I asked him, I said, you know, Risty, you're, you're, a, you're kind of a divisive figure in the industry. You are, you can be abrasive, you can be outspoken, and you kind of rub people the wrong way sometimes. What do you say to that? And very professionally, very media savvy, he's like, I know, come, come talk to me. Like I understand how I come across on the internet. I understand how I come across on forums. I understand what it all looks like. I'm not that guy. Come talk to me. Let's have a conversation. If you disagree with me, great. Like, but I want to have that conversation. And Nick, I think that's rare. I think that's rare when you have somebody who does come across like that to be that self-aware and be like, look, let's just have a conversation, man. No, I've known Risty for many, many years, and I agree with your assessment. Either love him or hate him. There's a lot of people that he does rub the wrong way, 
but I think that's part of his cigar persona. I think he actually enjoys that or that's who he is, you know, but maybe, you know, privately he doesn't enjoy it. You know, maybe that's just the character he plays on TV, you know, so you don't know, you know, but, you know, having them and, and getting those true uh, conversations and having a nice uh, interview with him would be a, a great idea too to let no. people really get to see another side of him hopefully 100 percent. i hope you get that audio cleaned up because i was listening to it and right as you started asking that question it you you could hear like some announcer or something going off in the background so i really hope you get that cleaned up well i mean that's the that's kind of the problem when you're doing something live <laughs> at a show right you have no control of the environment around you you've got the crowd noise you've got uh, the, uh, the, the, the MC talking and, and making announcements. And that's just kind of, that's just kind of how it goes. It's kind of funny that you say that. Cause when I was talking with David Blanco, we started and, and then all of a sudden there was like this 10 minute thing where they had Luciano and, and, uh, Rick Rodriguez go up and talk about the maker. And so we had to stop the interview and then start the interview. And uh, yeah. And so it was kind of funny cause you could tell David was like, come on, I want to do this interview. <laughs> so, uh, but that was a great interview with David as well. Like, uh, you know, so we're going to have him on the podcast later on. We had Greg free from, uh, Fuerte y Libre, uh, small brand, 70 shops in America. He's going to the PCA this year with the BCA, the boutique cigar association. Uh, so he's going to be in their space there and he's hoping to be, you know, hopefully get 30 shops. so we can hit that hundred. Cause he thinks that hundreds, that benchmark, right. For brand recognition. So, we're going to have Greg on. I think he's a super great guy. He's a great singer, too, by the way. Um, I just wish he wouldn't unbutton his shirt, uh, which there may or may not be video evidence of that as well. See, I think that's uh, the, that evidence that you may or may not have, I think that's evidence that you have to hold on to. If you want to be able to experience those things, you have to go to the event. You've got to go to the, you've got I mean, to go to the you event. You even said to me when you got back, um, I think it was like 9 o'clock or something like that, where you're like, hey, call me. And we were on the phone till midnight and you were just telling me all the stories. And you even said next year from now on mandatory, we're all going, yeah, I, we're all going like, that's just, that's the long and the short of it. Second, uh, what, second is, weekend of May, second weekend of May, you've got to go uh, a mile Kentucky here, fat ash cigar lounge, Ashland, Kentucky. And we had, you know, obviously having Rick Rodriguez on uh, and Luciano, just they're two of the most humble guys. I remember last year when you met him, Nick, when you met Luciano for the first time and you guys talked and you exchanged cigars and you, I'm just like, God damn, this is what the industry is supposed to be about. Is this coming together and, and, and really bonding over, over the leaf and over our passion for it and over our love for it and, and exchanging knowledge. Uh, and I was just, I was so, I think moved would be a strong word by that, but I, it, it did. It was like, this is it. Like that interaction you had with Luciano last, last year, I was like, this is what it's all about. And listen, I still fondly remember that interaction. And when we first met and, you know, even though we haven't really communicated much, I consider him, you know, a, a sort of friend, you know, like, you know, we broke the ice. I think there's mutual respect and he's just a sincere guy in the industry that loves what he does. And, I guess that's the bottom line. You know, when you when you see somebody else that has the same type of passion for their job, whatever it be, and if it happens to be the same, you have an instant connection. Yeah. And so there was that instant connection between us. 
and uh with many people you know I, I i get that with a lot of manufacturers and then there's some that just can be colder or uh you know some will look down their nose and there's people like that too you know um you know i'll call a spade a spade i won't call anybody out by name you know because it's just that's not right but there are right. those those manufacturers as well but luciano's on the other side and he's one of the most inviting and open and just passionate guy about what he does and I know he'll have great success, continued success in this industry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the Maker is a cigar that was a collaboration between Rick and Luciano. We talk about that in the episode. And it, by the way, it is a banger cigar. Uh, a friend of mine was able to try one, I think, a week before because he was hanging out with Luciano. And Luciano had him try it. He loved it. I bought two boxes. I'm like, it's amazing. Like, Luciano let me try it the day before while the B&M expo he's like smoke this let me know what you think I'm like, holy shit this thing's really fucking good so i bought two boxes of those i spent way too much money a box of west tampa red hey, here's the thing out of all those uh, it was a great experience and again guys go if you haven't watched that bonus episode if it's out yet go watch it if it's not wait patiently i promise day or two it'll be out because we're just slammed so we're going to have a couple of bonus episodes uh so just stay tuned we've got coop coming up uh we've got jeremy castagli coming up We've got people scheduled in June. Greg Free from Fuerte y Libre. I think Luciano's coming on sometime in June, like right before the trade show. So we've just got content coming out of our ears. So stay tuned. But here's the thing. Like, so there were a couple of interactions that I had that I'm not used to. I'm not I'm not used to this at all. So I walked in to Fat Ash. I got in on Thursday uh, afternoon. I walked in. I went into the, and I don't think I've told you this, Nick. I told Tim. But I haven't told you this, Nick. So this will be news to you. So I walked into the to the humidor, and I'm looking around. And all of a sudden, I hear, "Ah, I didn't know they let podcasters in here." And I'm like, "Fuck!" And I look around the corner, and I'm like, "Do you work here? Do I just not remember you from last?" Year? He's like, "No, man, I listen to your podcast." I'm like, "Oh, oh shit!" Well, like you're the one. Uh, so you know, <laughs> shook his hand, <laughs> shook his hand. Uh, bought him and his buddy uh, a cigar and something to drink there at the lounge. Went out back and we we talked and we 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 had a great conversation. Kyle from uh, the Ohio Cigar Mafia, shout out to you, Kyle. Like, just great guy to hang out with. And we're gonna have the Ohio Cigar Mafia on to talk about everything they do with guide dogs uh, and raising money for them. I think that's a great cause. So we're gonna we're gonna have them on because I think it's something you guys should get behind uh, as viewers and listeners. Uh, it, it, it was funny during that conversation with him and his friends, one of his friends was like, Hey, we, we have this apron that we have everybody in the industry sign, you know, when we meet them and he's like, would you, would you sign my apron? Like, yes, I don't know. It's a little weird. No one's ever asked me to sign anything before. Not gonna be able to read it, but whatever. <laughs> my handwriting is atrocious. It's worse than the doctors. Uh, and then the day of the event on Saturday, like I am beat. Like, so I was doing it all by myself. I was running around all day trying to get content. And I was also, you know, their VIP and I, Randy was going to be there, but he had stuff going on. So I was getting all of his stuff as well. And I am absolutely just exhausted after all the re interviews, after all of the, the B roll that I took after all the, uh, I was just, I was like, I, I just want to go back to my hotel, crash, get up in the morning and go home 10 hour drive. And so I'm walking to talk to, uh, I think it was, I was heading over to the uh, Fuerte y Libre table to talk to Greg and uh, Ed, his CTO, his chief tasting officer. 
And uh, <laughs> said, dude, they are awesome. They are so good. Like, they're just hilarious. Uh, and Ed's an older gentleman. So technology's a little bit lost on him. Uh, and so he sent me all these videos of Greg singing at karaoke. He's like, yeah, just like send these to me, like get these out on the internet. I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll see what I can do. Uh, so I was heading over there and I just kind of had my head down. I was rolling the, the fucking tripod, just like, God, I just want to die. And this guy stops me. He's like, excuse me, is your name? Are you James? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, because I thought maybe it was somebody that I met last year at my old Kentucky Herf. We had a conversation. I look, oh, I don't re- recognize the guy. He's like, hey, I just want to say I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm like, oh, you're the one. Like, that's the that's the joke. If you say you He's like the, the show, you thing. listen to it. Yeah. I'm like, you're the one. That's just what I always say. Uh, very self-deprecating. And and uh, he's like, yeah, I'm the only one. He's like, no, I love your show. He goes, that Dr. Rodriguez episode, fucking amazing. <laughs> He's like, I've never heard anybody break down the difference of smoke between cigars and cigarettes before. He's like, it was awesome. And he's hilarious. I'm like, yeah, like things I never thought I'd hear it on a, on a cigar podcast comes out of the hole smelling for vagina. And you know, the guy, he just starts laughing. He's like, it was so good. It was so good. So we talked for a little bit. I don't remember your name. I think it was Kevin. So if you're watching this, Kevin, if I got your name wrong, sorry, I was super tired. Uh, but it's always, it's flattering and it's, I'm not used to that. I'm not used to that kind of, Hey, I know who you are. I kind of, I kind of like the anonymity before when we weren't on the YouTube. Mm, yeah. Uh, you'll yeah. have that. Right. Um, but people that Dr. Oscar Rodriguez episode, I can't tell you how many people have commented to me personally on the site through DMS. And, and then in person, like that was the greatest episode ever. Like I really liked that episode. He is such a great guy, uh, and so I'll forever be a debt for, to him because he made that episode, man. Like, Dr. Rodriguez made that episode. Just like Zev made the last episode, like, Dr. Rodriguez made that episode. Oh, he was shot out of a cannon. He was great. <laughs> yeah, he was, like, on. Like, we're like, all right, we're going to go. Yeah. He's like, on. <laughs> so it was great. It was a lot of fun, guys. You get a chance. Like I said, 25 vendors, and all together, I think there were, like, 15 other vendors. So you're looking at 40 vendors all together. Great time. Uh, his church, Dwight's church, uh, had a vend- had, had a table there. They were a vendor. They were giving out koozies, and I think I, I think I left it in a car. Uh, but it, it's like you know, you're not going to go to hell because you smoke cigars, but you're going to smell like you just came from there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Which is hilarious. So it was a lot of fun. May it's the second weekend of May. Uh, every May, make sure you go Fat Ash Cigar Lounge. It's one word, Fat Ash. Cigar Lounge, uh, Ashland, Kentucky. And, you know, I think I kind of upset Dwight a little bit because at one point I was like, yeah, there's nothing else around here. And he's like, what do you mean cigar-wise? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, I just want to make sure you meant cigar-wise because there's stuff to do around here. He's like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not what I meant. Like, I, I come from a small town too, man, so I get it. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff to do there. It's a, it, it, it is a, if you've ever been to Main Street, USA, like that's Main Street, USA is Ashland, Kentucky. A little uh, bit just, of a uh, a destination lounge, maybe. It, you For know sure. what? It, it, here's the thing. We talked about this, Nick. You know, we've talked about this the last couple episodes where, you know, lounges, some lounges just don't give a shit. And they're, it's the path of least resistance. Dwight, he, you know, he may not carry everyone because he has a finite space. It's not the largest lounge I've ever been in. It's not the largest humidor I've ever been in. But there's something about when you walk into Fat Ash, 
You just feel at ease. You feel like you're at home. Everybody is so nice. Everybody's so welcoming. And it's not just the staff, but it's everybody there. Now, yeah, some of that could be, you know, it's just Southern hospitality. But I think well, that's, it's more. Th that's the difference, in my opinion, of any uh, cigar lounge shop. It's not the physical space, whether it's big or small. It's about how you feel, the atmosphere. And that comes from the clients. It comes from the host. Uh, and if you feel inviting, and I think every shop should be that way, and unfortunately they're not, but every shop should aspire to be like a Dwight, where he is just a very inviting, good person. He's a good soul. And really he treats everybody with respect, and uh, he generally enjoys what he does and the people around him. You could tell whether it was not cigar. I don't care what business, if Dwight was in any other kind of business, his personality comes through. And you just feel like, I want to do business with this guy. I want to be here. I want to be around him and the people. And I think he's contagious where other people pick up on it. And you can't help but be that way because that's the way Dwight is. Yeah, no, it was great. Like, this is the quintessential Dwight story, and he was like this last year, too. But, you know, I, I find out what they're doing and kind of what the plan is on Thursday, and he's sitting there having a cigar, and Steven, his GM, sitting next to me, and he's having a cigar, and I'm having a cigar. And I look at Dwight, I'm like, hey, I'd really like to do this, this, and this tomorrow, if that's okay with you. Like, I want to, and he's like, James, I appreciate how non-presumptuous you are. Just go ahead and do whatever you want. <laughs> Like, that was that was the impression I was looking for. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to make sure it's all good with you. He's like, I appreciate that. Just go ahead. Whatever you need, man. Just whatever you need. He's like, we'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> okay, Dwight. Like, I appreciate that, brother. Like, he's just good old Southern boy, like you said. Good soul. One of the good ones out there. Uh, I, I love Fat Ash. It should be a destination lounge. Like, if you're traveling anywhere near Cincinnati, West Virginia, uh, if you're in Kentucky at all, like you take the bourbon trail, like you want to do that. Cause I know a lot of cigar smokers want to do that going. I was gonna going to ask you, you were in Kentucky. Uh, what, how much bourbon did you bring back? I brought you back exactly zero. The same, the same amount of boxes of the maker. I brought Randy zero. <laughs> Cause right, this, at least this, you were thinking of both of us equally at the same time. I was like, no, I'm not. No, he, he's like, if there's something there that you think I'm going to like, like, Pick me up a box. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> like, so I have two boxes. I guess I'm going to have to give one to Randy. <laughs> so it was a good time. Make sure you go next year. Second weekend of May. I can't say that enough. Great guys. Nick knows he's been there. Uh, unfortunately, you weren't able to attend this year. Hopefully next year. Um, it's mandatory, because, Nick. We have to go next year. Uh, Everyone's if James going. says it's, you know, it, it is. Well. It's absolutely mandatory. Everyone's got to go. Because it's just such, it's that good of a time. I have more fun at Mile Kentucky Hearth than I do at uh, Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. And I certainly have, and this isn't a slam on Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest or the PCA, but I have more fun there than I do the PCA. It's certainly less work than, than what the PCA is. Certainly. Uh, but as far as, I don't even want to call it mid-tier because it's not. It's just smaller. It's smaller. But it's so much more fun than the Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. Because their people are just buying their stuff. They're in, they're out. They're not hanging around. There's not a lot of conversation. You get to talk with the vendors and the manufacturers for sure. But it's not like this on a very... I think they, they had like 250 tickets sold. 
right? So a pretty big event, and I it's just going to keep growing because I'm just going to keep talking about it. So, and it's all made possible by our supporters, uh, like the supporters of the LE Club. We have a new yeah. member of the LE Club. Yeah, Shauna. Yep. Shout out to Shauna. Shauna, Shauna and Brian Smoldering Cigar. I was just talking to them and had no idea that they were going to uh, sign up and support us. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. That's I haven't great. met you yet. I feel bad that I couldn't go. Oh, I'm going to drag you out there because I want to go back there. That's that's. It, look for the so, review. It was so fun for me to see the, the picture of Tim on the Smoldering Cigar page. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they grow up so fast. <laughs> Yeah, it, I, it was it was just it was just the other day where I thought, man, Tim's never, never going to do like his own thing. And he's just always going to. And then here he is. He's out there. He's doing his thing. He's going to have a lounge review. He's going to actually do some writing like he knows how to write. I think uh, we'll see. Have you have and, you even gone out to take a peek at what I've got so far? No, I want to I want to I want to be shocked. I want to be surprised when I read it. Is it in crayon? <laughs> I'm an army guy, not a Marine. Oh, no, I thought they ate him. Well, you got you got to dole the dole the tip before you. Oh, eat it. Jesus Christ! You fucking armed forces guys, just all fucking come together, kumbaya, smoke a cigar, and shut the fuck up. After you get done <laughs> laughing, James, why don't you go ahead and sign us out? Uh, guys, thanks for sticking around. I know this has been a long episode. Sands the CRA part because Tim's going to go ahead and cut that out. Uh, that that that's Nick there somewhere. I don't I don't know because I'm not editing this shit show. But Nick's around here somewhere. That's fucking Tim. I'm James. Until next time, friends, stay smoky.